Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending August the 9th, 2019. East Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties by the editors of those five newspapers. Polk County Publishing Company manager Kelly Barnes kicks off this week's podcast. Good morning. This is Kelly Barnes. I'm coming to you from the Polk County Enterprise, and I'm having my coffee, and I've got a couple of newspapers in front of me. We're going to start with the August 4th issue of the Polk County Enterprise. This month is back-to-school month, so we'll see a lot of that in the newspaper. Readers are now voting on Best of Polk County, and I am personally the one counting the ballots, so it's been very interesting. We've already had people turning in, voting for their favorite things, and I just want to encourage everyone to vote. And you do not have to vote for all 145 categories. You can vote for just those things that you enjoy in Polk County. And I think that all of you are going to benefit from seeing the other categories and what there is to offer, because we're going to have a first, second, and third place winner in each category. And there may be some things that maybe you've been shopping out of town for or getting services out of town. And you're going to see from your neighbors and friends that they are actually enjoying businesses in Polk County who offer those services. And therefore, you might try out something more local. And so we're real excited about the contest. Keep them coming. Ballots will be in the paper through mid-August, I believe. I don't know. It's for six weeks. So you have plenty of time, but get your ballots and get them turned into the Polk County Enterprise 100 Calhoun in Livingston. The rodeo was a success. The youth rodeo that comes around, it pays out over $32,000 in prize money and the details of that are here in the Sunday, August 4th issue of the Polk County Enterprise. Okay. The Attorney General's office did an investigation, and it says in the headline that the investigation leaves voters cleared. Voters who cast three suspicious mail-in ballots for the November 6, 2018 general election have been cleared of intentionally violating election laws by the results of an investigation by the Election Fraud Division of the Texas Attorney General's office. According to a statement issued by Polk County Criminal District Attorney Lee Hahn, the AG investigators determined there was no evidence of criminal intent and no charges would be filed. The rest of the story is in the paper. A gang member enters a plea of guilty on explosives charge. His name is James Cheney, and federal prosecutors and James Vincent Cheney have reached a plea agreement on two counts of federal indictment, charging Cheney with possession of an unregistered explosive device. He is also charged with illegally possessing a firearm, and the defendant was barred from owning or carrying a firearm after he was convicted of forgery, a felony in Montgomery County back in 2007. The rest of those details are again in the newspaper. Let's see what else we have. Okay, there's some good rodeo pictures in here. You'll want to get the paper for that. Looks like there's a Scott Hasselbrock wedding that's coming up on October the 19th. So congratulations to Mary Catherine and Hunter. Their picture's in the paper today. Okay, there's the ballot, the best of Polk County. Again, don't forget that. There's been a ribbon cutting. The Livingston Polk County Chamber of Commerce welcomes the Abbey Farmstead Bed and Breakfast as a new member during a ribbon cutting ceremony on Wednesday, July 24th. Congratulations to that 
new business. It's located between Livingston and Woodville at 4719 FM 2500. The San Jacinto County Master Gardeners are planning a new class. This is in Cold Spring. For those who love to plant and garden and have a passion for learning, you're invited to this next certification class that will begin in early October. It serves both San Jacinto counties and Polk counties. It's an educational outreach, and that'll be good. Looks like Christopher Scott's in the paper. He was presented with the Texas Lions Camp Life Membership Award during a recent meeting. And also, Lion Amber McCarthy, clinical case manager for Allegiance Mobile Health, spoke to the Livingston Lions Club recently about how to be proactive and reactive during the summer months' heat. So that was good. This is interesting. In Houston, there's going to be a tabletop gaming exposition planned for September 7th and 8th. Let's see. There's going to be a 30-year veteran, avid gamer, Liz Schwartz, as it returns for another weekend of exciting tabletop gaming at Houston NASA Clear Lake Hotel across from Johnson Space Center. So those of you that are interested in that, you need to check that out. Lifevine Church Pastor Simon Geller was a guest speaker at a recent meeting of the Living Rotary Club. He spoke about Our Father's House, a new outreach ministry offered by his church that provides a free clothing store, and it will soon offer hot showers and laundry services to those in need. That's super. In the future, they plan to teach different classes based on home economics. And also pictured is Rotary President Lee Hahn. Okay, Big Sandy made seventh on the All-State teams. Six players and coach claim 11 spots on the team. So that's well-deserved. And it's in the paper. Looks like fall sports have begun. We've got some volleyball pictures. And then again, in the paper that will hit the streets this week, we have a big back to school section. Several advertisers are in there. Everyone wants to remind you this this upcoming weekend, the 9th through 11th, I believe, are the dates. Yes, for the tax-free weekend. So those of you preparing for school, you need to get out there and save 8.25% on all your purchases. Plus, there's sales everywhere. Classes begin in Livingston, August 14th, in Leggett, August 26th, on Alaska, August 26th, Chester, which some of the Polk County students live in the Chester area and go to Chester School, they begin August 15th, Big Sandy begins August 14th, Goodrich, August 15th, and Corrigan Camden begin August 12th, so quickly approaching. Page one news, we have two big things and possibly three. Well, there's the story, and you've probably heard it on Crime Behind the Pine Curtain Update. If you follow Valerie Riddell and Tim Martin, they give you updates on things. There was a constable arrested for credit card misuse. His name is Dana or Dana. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But Precinct 4 Constable Bubba Piper faces two felony charges of theft by public servant and tampering with a witness following a month-long investigation by the Texas Rangers. If you want to know more about that, you can go online to Crime Behind the Pine Curtain and read it or you can grab a copy of the Polk County Enterprise, the August 8th issue. Dr. Carrie Evans, who practiced at CHI St. Luke's here in Livingston Hospital, has now had his medical license suspended. According to the story from Woodville by Chris Edwards, our editor there, the Texas Medical Board announces last week that it has temporarily suspended the license of Carrie Evans following a pair of multiple count grand jury indictments handed down in June 
The suspension was issued on Wednesday, July 24th by this medical board, and he was obviously a longtime local physician in Tyler County and then also was a physician with CHI St. Luke's. He's charged with continuous sexual abuse of a child, multiple counts both indecency with a child by contact and indecency with a child by exposure. He has surrendered to the Tyler County authorities. He has an attorney, and according to his attorney, it's a bad divorce and a lot of false accusations, so he will have his day in court, and if he's found guilty, he will no longer be Dr. Kerry Evans. But if he is found innocent, I'm sure they will reinstate his license. Sad story on all counts. There is a discovery arguments continuing in a capital murder case. This is a story by Valerie Riddell. Pretrial wrangling continues in the federal capital murder case charging James Wayne Ham with the death of Eddie Marie Youngblood. In 2013, Youngblood, a shepherd postal worker, was murdered May 17, 2013, when she was delivering and was ambushed in the Stevens Creek area of San Jacinto County, and the rest of that story is in the paper. A former Livingston ISD coach was found guilty in his wife's murder. Jurors in Harris County Court have found David Temple guilty of murder in the shooting death of his pregnant wife wife, Belinda Lucas Temple. That happened on January the 11th, 1999. District Judge Kelly Johnson began the sentencing hearing at 4 p.m. Tuesday. The second trial came after the appeals court reversed the original conviction because of prosecutorial misconduct. Kelly Siegler was the lead prosecutor in the original trial. Jurors deliberated about eight hours on Tuesday before delivering the guilty verdict. The panel was left with competing timelines of events leading up to the discovery of Blenda Temple's body in the closet of the master bedroom in the couple's Katy area home. There's more to that story in the paper. There's some police personnel issues from the Onalaska City Council agenda. There's been resignation of two police officers and hiring of a third. So there's been some changes there in the Onalaska area. Don't forget, don't trash Polk County. Eric Jasper Scroggins has been charged with illegally dumpling in connection with the debris picture above and we have a picture in the paper. It's all part of Don't Trash Polk County campaign. So dispose of your trash properly. It is not okay to leave it in ditches on the side of the road. You will get in trouble. 21 cases of measles have been confirmed in the state of Texas, so be aware of that. The Lufkin Hospital, CHI St. Luke's, which we have one of those here in Livingston, have been awarded the ACC Heart Failure Accreditation. It's a tremendous honor, according to Dr. Baccaretti from Lufkin, to receive this accreditation. In essence, it means better, faster, patient care. So grab a paper, find out all the news, fill out a best of Polk County ballot and tell your friends about it. This morning I was stopping by to get a breakfast burrito at this place that I love to go. They call it the quote unquote pink house. And I was talking to the owner and asking him if he knew about the contest and he didn't. So be sure and tell people, hey, get your ballot and vote for your favorites because this is a readers driven contest. We want to know what Polk County people consider good service in Polk County. And there's so many things on the ballot, even your favorite teacher, coach, or pastor, in addition to your favorite businesses and services and professionals. And I truly believe that there's a potential of all of us being educated on other services 
that some of our friends and neighbors are utilizing in Polk County that we are not even aware of. And because of this contest, you're going to see all these different places that you can keep your money local and utilize and help small businesses in Polk County. So we're real excited about the contest. Talk about it with your friends. Get the ballots. You have to do a newspaper ballot, but there's papers all over town or you can come in the Enterprise and buy a paper. And we have the ballot running in 12 consecutive issues. So don't miss your opportunity to fill it out. Thank you and have a great week. Hey folks, this is Valerie Riddell. I'm the editor of the San Jacinto News Times. And we're going to talk about what's happening this week in San Jacinto County. Representative Ernest Bales of Shepherd has found himself in the crosshairs of a war of words between House Speaker Dennis Bonin and Michael Quinn Sullivan, who is the CEO of Empower Texas. Bales is one of 10 House representatives who were allegedly appeared on a hit list that Bonin wanted Empower Texas to support any challenger who presented themselves as being more conservative. In addition to Bales, the members that showed up on this hit list were Steve Allison of San Antonio, Trent Ashby of Lufkin, Travis Clardy of Nacogdoches, Drew Darby of San Angelo, and Cal Casel of College Station, Stan Lambert of Abilene, Tan Parker of Flower Mound, John Rainey of College Station, and Phil Stevenson of Wharton. According to Sullivan's version of events, Bonin, through his caucus chair, Dustin Burroughs of Lubbock, presented the list and offered them up as potential targets for Texas scorecard and empower Texans to and would like all other remaining members of the Texas House left alone. Bonin denied listing those members and, in fact, the accounts by Sullivan and Burroughs say that Bonin was out of the room at the time those names were listed. But several experts on ethics, including Buck Wood, an ethics attorney of Houston, have said that that offer could be interpreted as bribery. In exchange for uh, targeting those 10 members, Bonin offered to extend press credentials to Texas Scorecard members. Texas Scorecard employees do have credentials that allow them to report from the floor of the Texas Senate, but so far they have been turned down for those same privileges in the House. So that's going to be interesting to see. Shortly after we went to press with our story, Dennis Bonin did apologize for what he said were mean things that he said in that conversation. So that's to be considered. Continued. The Cold Spring Trojans have started and the Shepherd Pirates have started two-a-days and the Cold Spring Trojans are under the new leadership of Bobby Bishop so you can catch some of the Trojans out on the field through the rest of this week. The discussions are continuing in the capital murder case against James Wayne Ham, who is accused of killing Shepherd postal worker Marie Youngblood in 2013. That case is hung up on uh, discovery items, some of which may not no longer be available after a testing lab used to evaluate DNA evidence has gone out of business. So the defense team has offered for James Wayneham to plead guilty in exchange for a life sentence, but the prosecutors have said that they intend to pursue the death penalty due to the grievousness of this crime. We have some of the reactions from Governor Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick to the tragic El Paso shootings at the Walmart, along with our other capital news in Capital Highlights. And we have a few of the details on Commissioner's Court and their quest to get the budget for the coming fiscal year. 
Yvonne Cohns, who is our chamber correspondent, has announced a small business forum hosted by the governor in Nacogdoches on August 15th. And that particular event caters to small business owners, and it gives you plenty of opportunities to network, make your business grow, and learn more about contracting with the government, things like that. Check out Yvonne's column in the print edition. She's got a website in there where you can go to register in advance to make sure you have a seat. She also gave kudos to everybody involved with Christmas in July. The Cold Spring Area Business and Merchants Association, along with East Anderson County Historical Commission, worked really hard to make that a great event on the Courthouse Square. The Historical Commission is also working on their auction for the 150th birthday celebration for San Jacinto County. The county's birthday is October the 13th. And on the 18th, they will have an auction and barbecue lunch. You can dine in or get your barbecue to go. And then they will also have an auction, karaoke, and live music. That's going to be at the American Legion Post in Camilla. That's at 1348 FM 3278. If you don't know how to find that, just give Dell Everett a call or call the American Legion office. And their number is 936-653-4708. But that's directly across from the marina there in Camilla, so it's pretty hard to miss. San Jacinto County Republicans have also announced plans for their Reagan dinner on October the 20th. That's going to be from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Cold Spring Community Center. They are going to have a barbecue cooked by their award-winning cook-off team, the Smoking Hot Republican Barbecue Cook Team. Tickets are $75 each, but keep your eyes out. They'll be announcing speakers and other things going on at that big event every year. New students to the Cold Spring and Shepherd ISD should be getting registered about now. Registration is going on on campus at both of those districts. So you can check out the Shepherd or Cold Spring Facebook pages and websites if you need more details. That's about it. Be safe, stay cool as you possibly can in this heat, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Howdy, everybody. Chris Edwards here bringing you the news from Tyler County, taken from this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. So we are in the first full week of August, and next week... Schools start all across Tyler County, so I guess there's still a few days left to get in some last-minute summer vacation fun if you got kiddos who are heading back to school next week. So, yeah, enjoy it while you still can. Alrighty, well, our top story this week comes from Colmanil. And this one has to do with a case of possession of child pornography. Last Tuesday, a raid was executed on the home of Sean Nicholas Berridge, a 61-year-old man in Colmanil. This case is being handled prosecutorial-wise by the state attorney general, Ken Paxton's office. And they have a function called the Child Exploitation Unit. And what happened is that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children had received what's called a cyber tip line report that accused Berridge of uploading child pornography to an online account. And so that's when the uh, child exploitation unit overseen by Paxton's office stepped in and they obtained a search warrant and the investigators found images of child pornography on his cell phone and also seized numerous digital storage devices. And all of that stuff is going to be examined by the state attorney general's digital forensics unit. So Ken Paxton's office sent a news release to us about this particular arrest and what all it entailed. And right now, 
now, Barrage is being held in the Tyler County Jail on two counts of child pornography possession, both of which are are third-degree felonies charges. And according to Paxton's news release, Barrage admitted to downloading and viewing and and saving these files of child pornography when he was taken into custody and interviewed by the investigators. Now, these kinds of charges under Texas state law include two to ten years in prison and a maximum $10,000 fine if a conviction is obtained. And also, in addition to that, anyone who's found guilty of possession or promotion of child pornography is required to register as a sex offender for life. So there's that was our, our top story this week. Also in criminal justice news and throughout the county, there was a trial that took place last week, and a woman was handed a 15-year prison sentence for dealing methamphetamine. Kaylee Toller of Chester was sentenced to 15 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for the charge of delivery of meth. These charges stemmed from an arrest that happened last year in October. She was arrested by John Fuller, who's the Precinct 2 constable out there near Chester, and he had a probable cause warrant stating that she had sold 3.5 grams of meth, which is known in drug circles as an eight ball. And during her trial, evidence was presented to the jury that showed Toller had continued to sell methamphetamine while she was out on bond after this arrest from October. Now, 15 years, that's a pretty lengthy sentence for drug crime. There was another one last month. Christopher Tubb of Woodville was sentenced to 17 years for possession with intent to distribute. And those are lengthy sentences, but according to Lucas Babin, our criminal district attorney in Tyler County. Sentences like this send a a strong message to meth dealers and cooks throughout the county that it's something that is a problem here that is not needed nor wanted. Of course, like in every criminal trial by jury, the jury's presented a range of punishments to choose from, and usually in drug-type cases, probation is usually always on the table, but this one, like in Tubbs' case, the jury wanted to give the maximum sentence. So anyways, that was another story. Coming from Tyler County, news of crime and courts and things. It's kind of shift gears a little bit. In this week's edition of The Booster, I'm kind of taking some things mostly from the front page. We've also got a story this week about a man from Fred who's fighting a very rare type of cancer and who a benefit is being held for next Saturday. Uh, Greg Bell Jr., who is known as Bo to his friends, was recently diagnosed with basaloid squamous cell carcinoma, which is a very rare type of lung cancer. And right now he's undergoing treatments at MD Anderson in Houston, but Greg has, or Bo as his friends know, Bo has, you know, family of, he's father of five and his wife, Tara, they both both work and take care of the kiddos, and cancer treatments are notoriously expensive and really put a wear on a working family, especially one as large as this, and so there's being some benefits done on their behalf. There was a fishing tournament for his benefit last month, and this one that's coming up next Saturday is going to take place at W.O.'s Friendly Tavern in Village Mills, and it's going to be a full day. It's going to start at noon, but there's going to be live music, there's going to be a fish fry, a silent auction, a live auction, a washer tournament. Tournament, uh, split the pot drawing and raffle tickets for some various cool things. So yeah, that's Sunday, August the 18th at W.O.'s Friendly Tavern starting at noon. So come on out and show some support. If you know Bo and his family, or even if you don't, just want to show up and support a good cause. It's going to be a good time for a good cause. I'll be there. And anyhow, in other news, well, actually I mentioned this right at the beginning, but school is starting throughout Tyler County next week. Actually, next Thursday is the first day of school for most of the district 
districts in the county, except for Culmanil. Culmanil begins on next Wednesday, August the 14th. And in this week's edition of the Booster, we kind of highlighted the sales tax weekend, which is this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday it goes through, where parents can take advantage of items free of sales tax. This happens every year here in Texas, and it's happened since 1999. And the savings are really good, especially for working families who have a couple of kids and need to get those new shoes or new clothes, backpacks, all school supplies, all that stuff is all available tax-free this weekend. And if you want to take advantage of the tax-free sales and want to know what all is eligible for the tax exemption, you can go to texastaxholiday.org and the list is there. Also, we highlighted some safety precautions to be mindful of as school begins, mostly just reminding drivers to, to exercise with extreme caution in school zones and those kinds of things. So pick up the booster this week if you're in Tyler County, and you can read all of those stories and many more. We've also got uh, news about the various school districts around Tyler County, how they're prepping for their sports seasons for volleyball and football. You know, volleyball teams are already started scrimmage, and uh, football's deep into two-a-days, so we'll be publishing those schedules here pretty soon. And it's all that and more in your Tyler County booster, all for 75 cents. Well, my name is Chris Edwards, and I'm glad you're listening. Thanks so much. Y'all have a great weekend. See y'all later. This week in Trinity County, we have a story on a multi-car accident that involved three automobiles in the northern end of the county. A 2011 Mazda sedan collided with a 2002 Dodge pickup, and minutes later, 2011 Nissan sedan collided with debris. The drivers of all three vehicles were injured. The driver of the Mazda sedan, 19-year-old Haley Henry of Lufkin, was transported by helicopter to a Tyler hospital with serious injuries. Her condition at press time was not known. The driver of the Dodge, 41-year-old William Harrell of Groveton, was taken to the hospital by family members and refused medical treatment at the scene. And the driver of the Nissan, 71-year-old Roosevelt Young of Groveton, also refused medical treatment at the scene and was taken by family members to a local hospital. Harrell's and Young's injuries were unknown as of press time as well. The accident occurred on Tuesday, July 30th, and as of press time, troopers are still investigating the crash. And the annual Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine was released last month. And all three coaches from Trinity County football teams, Patrick Goodman of Trinity, Richard Steubing of Groveton, and Cody Mori of Apple Springs, had their takes on the preseason predictions. Trinity, who finished sixth place in the seven-team District 113A Division One, was predicted to have the same finish this year. But Tigers coach Patrick Goodman, who's entering his second year at the helm, hopes that a full offseason with the Tigers, as well as gains in strength and conditioning, will help them improve and possibly get one of the four playoff spots out of the district. Goodman took the Trinity job in May of 2018 and came from Navasota, so he did not really have an offseason to work with his current players. Stubing enters his second year at Groveton, and he's actually in his fourth year at the school, but his second year
second year as head coach. He was the defensive coordinator in 2016 and 2017 before being promoted last year in 2018. And things are looking pretty good for the Indians. They're predicted to finish second. A year ago, they finished fourth in District 12 2A Division One and advanced to the first round of the playoffs where they lost to eventual region semifinalist Garrison. The Indians hope to improve on last year's five and six record and possibly go a little further in the playoffs and finish higher in the district standings. Of course, standing in the way of the Indians in a district title will be two-time state semifinalist San Augustine, who will apparently reload instead of rebuild. The Wolves have all 11 starters back on offense and six back on defense. Grove to meanwhile has eight starters back on offense and nine back on defense. Trinity, who finished two and eight a year ago, has six on offense and five on defense returning. Patrick Goodman of Trinity likes who he has back in the skill positions, but wants to see improvement on the offensive line. Stubing at Groveton hopes that his team can stay injury-free, and he feels that they are a veteran team because a year ago they were mainly juniors and sophomores. Now those kids are seniors and juniors. And Apple Springs finished five and four last year. They were the only team in Trinity County to post a winning record. However, they were not in the postseason. That's because only two out of four teams in District 13 Class A Division Two qualify for the postseason as opposed to the top four in each district in Classes 6A through 2A. Um, Apple Springs finished third to eventual state semifinalist Oakwood and district runner-up Trinidad a year ago. But with, with eight seniors on the 14-man roster, there are high hopes for the Eagles this season, especially since they will host Trinidad and Chester in district contests. So two of their three district contests this year are at home. They have to go to Oakwood, but if the Eagles can defeat Trinidad and Chester and protect their home turf, then they will clinch a playoff berth for the first time since 2015. And also, we have a feature on the Boys and Girls Club of Trinity. They had their summer program for the youth, and it's similar to the after-school program they have, but the summer program is more focused on fun activities such as watching movies, field trips, playing pool, going fishing, etc., and director of the Trinity Boys and Girls Club, David Lavasser, gave a little talk on what's going on at the Boys and Girls Club. And volleyball is back in session. Yes, the Groveton, Trinity, and Apple Springs volleyball teams began their seasons on Tuesday. Well, Groveton had their first match of the season Tuesday, which was a 3-0 victory over Latexo. Groveton and Trinity began practice August 1st. Apple Springs began practice August 5th. Trinity actually opened the season today in the Palestine tournament, and Apple Springs opened its season today in the Cold Spring tournament. Groveton is competing this weekend in the Onalaska tournament, so neither team is too far away. And speaking of Groveton, tonight at 7 o'clock, the Texas Department of Transportation is having a presentation on the construction projects that they are doing to revitalize downtown Groveton. Anybody who is interested can go to the Trinity County Courthouse Annex, which is just a across the street from the courthouse and attend the meeting. Hello, I'm Tony Browning, the managing editor of the Houston County Courier. There are a few changes occurring at the Courier starting August 12th. First, our editor, Megan Whitworth, will be leaving the Courier to welcome home her new daughter. We will miss her in more ways than one and want to congratulate her and her husband on becoming first-time parents. Second, the Courier has changed its office hours. We will now be open Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., 
closing for lunch from noon to one. I also thought I would share some of the types of articles we run in the Courier. These items are at no charge to you. The community is invited and encouraged to send us pictures and information for children's birthdays, ages newborn to 12 years old. We love to have pictures and information of engagements, weddings, and any anniversaries that are 50 years and over. Letters to the editor is an effective way of expressing your opinion and concerns about your community. These letters are limited to 400 words and you must sign your name on the original submission. We do not accept anonymous letters and you should be aware that your name will be printed beneath the article. See page 4A of the August 8th issue of the paper. There are several letters to the editor on that page along with the rules for submitting a letter. Now I want to talk to you about the top issue of every August football. We will be printing our yearly football contest in the paper starting August 22nd. We have exciting prizes this year. Each week, our top three winners will win either a lunch at Cattleman's Cafe, dinner at Stalwart Steakhouse, or a gift card to Whataburger. At the end of the season, the top winner will get to choose between our Football Widows Romantic Makeup Package, which includes a one-night stay at the Holiday Inn in Crockett and dinner for two at Tata's Tex-Mex Restaurant. Or he may choose the Tailgate Package. This package includes a propane cooker from Consumers LP and Gas. The runner-up receives the package that remains. Don't forget to check for the contest entry page every week and also follow our local team results in the sports section. Sports editor Larry Lamb works hard to bring you the most current sports information. And now, news reporter Alton Porter has the front page news. Thank you, Tony. And hello, everyone. As you stated, Tony, I would like to share a summary of some of the top stories in this week's edition of the Houston County Courier newspaper. Our lead story in today's paper, that is the Thursday, August 8th edition, resulted from our intrepid coverage of Monday night's city council meeting in Crockett. In that story, which is accompanied by a photo, we first noted that State Representative Trent Ashby, who traveled all the way from Lutkin, and Crockett Mayor Dr. Ianthea Fishu issued a resolution and proclamation congratulating the Crockett Fireballs softball team for winning the 2019 Texas Teenage Girls Softball Association 12U state championship at a state tournament in Clifton last month. Mayor Fisher's proclamation also declared Monday, August 5th as Crockett Fireballs team day in the city. Way to go, Crockett Fireballs. In addition, the story pointed out that the city council members voted to approve a proposed ad valorem tax rate for next fiscal year beginning October 1st that keeps the rate the same as it is this fiscal year, 59.6761 cents per $100 of assessed property valuation. And they set public hearing dates for both the proposed tax rate and next year's proposed budget. For more information on this story, which also discusses other actions taken by the council members, see today's edition of The Courier. In another front page story in this week's Courier, we tell about and include a photo of the ribbon-cutting ceremony for the new Grapevine Independent School District Early Learning Center, which was held Friday, August 2nd. Following up on last Friday's ribbon-cutting, the Early Learning Center's grand opening was held last Monday, August 5th, beginning at 6.45 a.m. Some 45 infants, toddlers, and slightly older children, ranging in ages from six months to three years, are already enrolled for care and learning at this facility. God is good, exclaimed GISD Board of Directors Vice President Melissa Cobb, who headed up the development of the Early Learning Center. Seeing this project through from start to finish has been eventful, Cobb said, adding, it's been exciting. The vision was there. The reality was coming, and we're there now. Read the complete story about the Grapevine Learning Center ribbon cutting in this week's edition of The Courier. 
A third front page story in this week's Courier covers prayer and community services activities of Mission Crockett that are being carried out in the city this week. Mission Crockett has given local folks the opportunity to have Christian missions experiences without leaving home the past several years. According to the organization's director, David Ballou, and Pastor Jeb Dodson of Life Point Church. The goal of Mission Crockett is to bring together churches, local government, organizations, and community groups, as well as individuals, to participate in projects that benefit the local community and to mend the divisions that deter our advancement spiritually, socially, and economically. This year's Mission Crockett launch service was held at Life Point last Sunday, August 4th, and the organization's volunteers began doing prayer and community services projects Monday morning, August 5th. They will continue their mission's work through tomorrow, Friday, August 9th. See our complete story about this year's Mission Crockett activities in today's edition of The Courier. All right, folks. Thanks, Tony and Alton. And for your little last tidbit of ever hearing Megadingen on the podcast, I just wanted to remind folks that this weekend is the sales tax holiday. It's set for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So who's ready to go shopping? And just a little reminder that Texas law exempts the following items, clothing, footwear, school supplies, backpacks, diapers, both for babies and adults. You can find for more information and more information on a list of apparel and school supplies on texastaxholiday.org. And then also this weekend, locally, the Crockett Fire Department, Crockett Police Department, and the Houston County EMS will be at Walmart this Saturday collecting school supplies for the local schools. They will be there from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. So come out to help our local first responders collect school supplies for local students. So everyone's helping everyone. And don't forget to check out more events on page 2A in this latest edition for more events happening in Houston County. And make sure to keep track on our Facebook at HC Courier or our website, which is hccourier.com for the latest. And till next time, it's been a pleasure serving you, Houston County, and I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.